in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome to another brand new episode of the Top 10. I'm John Roca. And I am Matt Nost. Welcome into another week of movie discussion here on the show. Uh, how are you? I'm good. How are you, man? Okay. How do you feel defending your profession from the horrible joke that was told on Sunday night? Oh, the horrible joke. And the correct reaction of Will Smith to slap so the shit out of you. Offensive. So offensive to you uh, sons of bitches, you sons of bitches. Just, uh, you know, the shot of Will laughing at it to then cutting back and he's no longer amused. What happened in that three seconds? Uh, looked at Jada. That's what happened. That's precisely what happened. And then realized uh, yeah. I've already been cuckolded in front of an entire world. Mm. Maybe I need to assert my manhood at this point. Uh, utterly ridiculous. The discussion now is whether or not he's going to be banned from the Academy. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Come it's on. not going to happen. They're going to give him some bullshit six months suspension, yeah. which means nothing. <laughs> yeah. Literally means nothing. He didn't go to those meetings anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, we're going to do a formal investigation to do what? Like when they ban a pitcher for three weeks. It's like, okay, one game. I miss a Exactly. He's going to miss two starts or something. You're like, okay, that's that's nothing. And it's actually probably good for him to get a little extra rest yeah. in the middle of the season. <laughs> or they, they what they in college football they ban the player against Southwest Louisiana State. Nobody uh-huh. he wasn't going to play anyway. Yeah, Saban worked his magic and he gets him. <laughs> oh, he can't uh, he can't run with the first practice squad team. Oh. <laughs> That's so brutal. How are you guys going to make it? Brutal. Just ridiculous. Ugh. Yeah, man. I, uh, look, my... I, I, you know, I, I, I joked a tweet about because I watched it live on Twitch. I did a Twitch watch along, which was great, actually. I was surprised uh, how many people watched along. But like when that, I was literally finishing off bites of my Italian leftover Italian food from the night before, and it happened, and I was just like. What? And I immediately thought of you because I mean, you're, you're the, the stand up that I know the most other than Ellis, obviously, but we communicate every week. And I was like, Oh man, I wonder what Matt was thinking, you know, in that moment. And you know, um, just uh, did you see it live? What was your, or did no, you of course it? I didn't. Okay. I wasn't watching the telecast live. Okay. Uh, and I saw on Twitter it was trending and then I clicked on it and I watched it. And at first I thought it was a bit. <laughs> it looked like a bit. a bit. Everybody did. Yeah. And then. You know, to see the footage in between commercial breaks. Oh yeah. That was the most flabbergasting. All the people coming up and mm-hmm. hugging him and stuff. And you're like, okay, what, what is that the proper reaction? I don't know if it is or isn't, but shouldn't this guy be escorted from the room? Even if he wins, you send up somebody else in his place. Like you don't get to have your moment because you just assaulted a guy. Yeah. Uh, I, I knew charges wouldn't be pressed. Oh yeah, Rock was never going to do that. Yeah, that was never going to happen. No, no, no. Um, but it's just ridiculous. That was an innocuous joke. 
he could have gone so much harder at him. Yeah. I mean, bring up the entanglement and make 15 jokes about that, which that Rock knows that's neither the time nor place. No, Regina did that. Yeah. She's um, not even a comedian. She's a actress. And perhaps that's what let her get away with it. Oh, I think uh, her being a woman let him let her get away with uh, it. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Uh but the I, uh, Yeah. Go ahead, man. Well, I just ridiculous. But my one of my closest friends is opening for rock oh, this wow. weekend in Boston. It's just like, okay. <laughs> How's that? It's, I, I texted about it and it's like, it's going to be normal shows, right? Just nothing. And he's, he, he did the naked gun. Nothing to yeah. see here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. Everything, all is fine. Um, but what were you going to say? I was going to say like, um, oh, and by the way, I think, it, cause, uh, I think some footage leaked of, him speaking about it at the Boston show, uh, rocked it. It wasn't much, just saying he's still processing it. I, I mean, when it happened, I, I, I tweeted out what I tweeted out because to me, I didn't understand the gravity of the situation to me because I've seen this happen. You know, dudes sometimes cross that line. Sure. And other dudes go fuck off and, and do their thing. And I get it. And, but it, it launched all these conversations about, Toxic masculinity and Will is an idol. And I just think it was too, uh, the, for, uh, one of the former academy presidents said, a former academy president said it was an issue between two men. One got upset. Then they handled it behind the scenes and it's done. We shouldn't have anything to say about it. It's not our business. And I was really surprised by that because that's kind of how I saw it. It's two dudes. One guy lost his head for a few seconds and did something really stupid. Uh, and then double down on it by yelling at him and cussing at him from the fucking seats. Yeah. Which happens. That happens. And then, cause I think Will thought, Oh, I'm going to show this motherfucker what's up and slapped him. And then you can see him almost even have a smirk to Jada as he's walking back. And a lot of people reported that him and Jada like had almost no conversations about stuff afterwards. And there's now footage that's dropped on a TikTok where you can see Will. Getting up and walk and go, or Chris Rock telling the joke from behind, Will and Jada. Jada mm-hmm. is laughing along. Now, first initially she's not happy, but then she is laughing along with Rock. And then Will gets up, goes over there. And when he does what he does, and then Chris starts cra- uh, making the joke about, Hey, best Oscars night ever. Jada starts laughing and clapping hands. So it's like, what happened here? Why didn't she stop him? Um, and now people are saying that they now are even more convinced that it was staged, which I think is strange. So it's fascinating, man. It's fucking fascinating. Yeah, I don't. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I'm curious as to whether or not this tanks his chances of getting an Oscar for the next for the foreseeable future. Oh yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. A thousand for for now because like Gibson, right? He had to go into the wasteland for years doing the Expendables three and shit before they brought him back. Uh, to let him come back with Hoss, um, Hacksaw Ridge. And now he's all forgiven. Polanski, same thing. Wins for the pianist after many years of being in the wilderness. So I think Will's just going to disappear into the wilderness for a bit, do his, do, try to do his comedies or his action movies or whatever. But there is going to be a groundswell of support for him. Um, oh yeah. In retaliation. Yeah. I mean, there was already that on Twitter where people were like, yeah. I- it's great to see, you know, a husband stand up for his wife and whatnot. Like, we're applauding him slapping another person. 
you have all the right in the world to be upset. Of course. To, yeah. to, you know, verbalize that and everything else. But once you physically hit somebody, I'm sorry, we're not children. Yeah. They're just words. And it was a fairly innocuous joke. Well, I wouldn't. Well, according I, to Rock. I, I camp with that. Well, according to Rock, he didn't know she had alopecia. Mm. Well, that could be, I didn't know she had alopecia until all this happened. Right. Well, he did a documentary on black women. Not good hair. It's a good, it's a right. good documentary. It's a good doc. So, I mean, you do a documentary about that. Maybe that's the one place you don't make a joke about a, to a black woman. If you understand you. how important you. that is. I, I think anything could be joked about. It's whether or not somebody gets offended. That's their decision. Well, I think that's why you, I think where, uh, you and I may differ on, well, we do differ on this because I don't think everything is up for cannon fodder for a comedian. Just because I write comedian on my bio. Doesn't mean now I can make fun of your, your like most personal shit because you happen to talk about it on a podcast. I don't fucking think that's fair game. I don't. And I, I I'm not one of those people that ascribe, subscribes to it, nor do I believe well, like just because you're rich and you worked hard and you struggled and you got to a position where you can make millions of dollars, you now just have to take it for the resident comedian who happens to be hired to host a show like this. I, I think that's bullshit too. So uh, I just have a, I don't mind overall okay. jokes, but I think when you get too personal, that's where I start to, you know, kind of draw the line for myself. Right? Well, every good joke, somebody's going to, it's at someone's expense. Just mm. if it's actually funny, like genuinely yeah. funny and not I mean, softball dad jokes. General, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But to define the line of what is and what isn't funny is trying to, it's basically the same as defining what obscenity is. I'll know it when I see it. Well, right. that's to yeah. you. Yeah, to me. You exactly. specifically. I'm speaking for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I am of the oak of anything can be joked about. Whether or not people get offended, that is a case by case scenario, yeah, but yeah. we can't limit the scope of it because then we're saying, well, who's arbitrarily defining yeah. what is and is not. Yeah. And I don't agree with that. Now, all you have to do is not laugh. Yeah, yeah. And if the whole room didn't laugh, that joke, that would have been way more painful than that slap of to yeah. tell a joke in front of that crowd who's going to politely laugh at pretty much anything you do. Right. And if they right. just stare at you with crickets when you're expecting yeah. a solid laugh, that is way more painful. I mean, they laughed at most of what Amy did, and Amy was terrible. And I didn't think she was funny at all. Yeah, I didn't watch a single second of it, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched the awards and some of the speeches, mm. uh, and that that's about it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, every, it's been talked to death already and it's only yeah, four yeah. days old. Yeah, I know. I know. You're right. <laughs> I mean, it's been, they have, it's just, a I've seen episode. the joke rehashed so many times like that first yeah. night on Twitter, there were some real oh. gems. Yeah. And then about three hours into it, I was like, Oh my God, I'm just seeing the same 10 jokes over and over and over again. It's like, uh, with Morbius, I've now seen. Ugh. I, I think three different tweets of somebody with a broken window and yeah, car yeah. and be like, I had two t- tickets and somebody broke my window and put four more in there. I've already seen three different people on Twitter and it's gotten a ton of likes and retweets and be like, but this is a joke that we've already seen 57 times over the course of the past five years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's been like that with the rock of like, Oh my God, it's wave after wave after wave. I saw, um, a TikTok yesterday where they used the uh, Rick James slap thing with Charlie Murphy and they like did the deep fake of Will's face and Chris Rock's face in there. Oh, really? That's, a, that's unique. Really 
That was good. Uh, I thought that was excellent. Um, but yeah, even Radcliffe today was like, or yesterday when he was asked about it in an interview, he's like, I'm so sick of, t- who cares about my opinion on this? Like, I, I think people have made a way bigger deal out of this than they need to, and I don't want to be asked about it. I, who, Daniel Radcliffe? Uh, yeah, Radcliffe actually said that. I agree with him. I mean, yeah, yeah. There's only really three opinions that matter in this. Hmm. You know, Chris's, Will's, and Jada's. Yeah. And then after that, the rest of us are just speculating. Clapping our hands. Yeah. Yeah. And I have thoughts on some of the people that I've seen that were one of the first to put their thoughts out there. And I'm like, no, thank you. You, you're a fucking, you're a joke and you're, we're going to listen to you. It's kind of like, uh, the Chappelle bit when they're talking about 9-11 and their wife TRL's on and Carson yeah. Daly gets job rule on the phone and Chappelle's is like, what does Ja think? Let's get Ja on the phone. There were quite a few people being interviewed and be like, well, why are we talking to this person? <laughs> Who gives a flying fuck what they think in this? Oh, they happen to be there? I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, at that point, it was all uh clickbait hunting it was all click uh, click click hunting that's what they were doing well right? it's also the yeah, yeah the worst of celebrity or anybody that wants attention yeah of course you want to know my opinion right my opinion right. is valid it's the one of the most important <laughs> three days later i'm still triggered yeah still i'm still processing, processing it oh. like rock i can understand still processing because it's just yeah. like it's all anybody wants to talk about and of i course. don't even know how i feel about it right right once again the three of them can take all the time they want to process of course you know, everybody else needs to just shut the fuck up. <laughs> in my opinion, <laughs> it's utterly stupid. Yeah. But I saw people railing about it, you know, last night on Twitter again. It's like, yeah. Oh, but but I also think, and I want to be fair. I also think some, some of the standup comedians are like, Oh my God, we've made it okay to slap comedians. No, yeah. we didn't. it was an isolated incident between two dudes and you know, whatever's going to happen after that, it's between them. Um, but no, no one's going to start running up to comedians and slapping them. That shit already happened before this. Yeah, exactly. That's, there's already I've been physical it. confrontations at comedy clubs many, yeah. many times. Of course. I've seen people get on stage with the intent to hurt and they had to be separated. I've seen it more than once. And I've also seen people get up on stage and basically we assumed, but they just kind of really just wanted the attention. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's not going to end. Yeah. Yeah. It's never going to end. You ever seen the clip of, oh God, I can't remember the comic's name, but he's playing a guitar. It's, it's old grainy footage from uh, like bad VHS footage from the eighties. Okay. And the guy starts walking to the stage and he just takes his guitar and clobbers him across the head with it. <laughs> like, oh, I don't know who's in the right here. Um, but it could be one of those things. If you were there in the audience, you knew that the audience member was coming to do harm. So the, yeah. <laughs> the comedian was by rights, correct? Or just be like, well, no, 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 you went way too far. Oh, no, you don't, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Wham! Yeah. <Just> preemptively, <laughs> you went nuclear. Um, all right. Well, let's leave it alone. As you said, man, we've, it's been talked to death, but I just wanted to get your point of view on it because no, you were the first person I thought of, man. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. I want to see what yeah. It, it was shocking. And, uh, at this point, you know, I be just, I'm more interested in the fallout. Yeah. Yeah. yeah than yeah. anybody's opinion on it. Yeah, fair. What's um, actually going to happen? Uh, what do you think is, what do you think happened in Tampa Bay, man? What do you think that's all about? Bruce Arian stepping down, man. I don't know. The writing was on the wall for a while now. Mm. We're just in the, oh, oh, you think Brady's going to San Francisco? We want 300 firsts. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Jesus, man, why are you poisoning the well? 
Uh, yeah, it was. He was so adamant that Brady was only going to come back. To yeah, for Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he was like, "What? What is wrong with you, man? Why are you being? Yeah. Why are you drawing such a line in the sand?" And then, of course, when he came back, and they're spinning it. Like I don't know what the truth is, but they're certainly spinning it. Like, oh, Bruce is walking away. I want to spend time with my family. I accomplished everything I could want to accomplish. And I want to hand Todd Bowles a full shelf of players so he doesn't have a terrible situation to transition into. Um, and Tom releasing that Instagram, kissing his, kissing Bruce Arians' ass to kind of cover up if there's any issues between them. I don't know. For me, it's a little suspect, man. It's a little orchestrated, choreographed, so to speak. Yes. This whole thing. And well, I, I think. Tom went to, what is it, the Glazers that own? Yeah, and, probably, yeah. yeah. And said, look, I'll come back, but he's got to go. And they're yeah. like, all right, yeah. we'll make that happen. Yeah, and I think that's got, 100% correct. Yeah, they moved Arians to a senior <laughs> front office role of evaluating talent or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and his response was like, in no way is this about my health or anything right. else. Right. I just i am I'm good at evaluating talent and uh, allows me to still – work i'm not retiring i am working and just like oh this is this is bad for arians something happened oh yeah something totally uh, happened and yeah no one can tell me otherwise maybe it was the uh ab stuff and mm. he poisoned the well with ab and tom was trying to to mend that fence and then yeah. it just all completely blew up and they blame arians for the dysfunction of last season yeah yeah i don't know but the NFC is wide open for Tom this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause Rogers now has zero weapons to throw to. That's crazy, man. Yep. Signs a huge deal. And I mean, Valdez Scantling left as well for yeah. Christ's sakes. Yeah. He's so, got, what's his face? What's the guy who was in Dallas for? Oh, he's got Randall Cobb. That's all he's got left right now on the depth chart. Depth chart. Yeah. It's, it is slim pickings and they've got a ton of picks. Yeah. And be curious because they never draft wide receivers if they're actually going to spend draft capital, excuse me, on wide receivers for once. I don't, but yeah. I, I don't know if this was a fuck you from Green Bay. Like, or I don't know with Devontae because I mean, they were all waiting for Devontae. Devontae was, was supposedly was waiting for Rodgers to resign. If he resigned, Devontae was going to resign. That's what everybody thought. And then here goes Devontae off to the Raiders to arguably a way lesser quarterback in Carr. Yeah, but uh, college buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. It's always it's always been his dream to play, and I was like, "What?" Oh, okay. And Carr apparently owes him an actual car. <laughs> so Devonte said, "I'm feeling Ferrari-ish." You're like, "Well, it's the cost of trying to get your buddy, arguably the best uh, wide receiver in the game." At yeah, look, the description I mean, for top three. The Raiders weren't bad. They had they had Cincinnati on the ropes. You know, they weren't bad this year. Um, yeah. So. You know, getting what's his face in Devonte could be a great uh, moment for or great situation for the Raiders. My question is, what do the Browns do, man? What a colossal, insane situation! No, how idea. do you guarantee a guy who's never even sniffed the playoffs? So remember, if I think I'm correct here, three hundred and twenty million dollars. Not even that has twenty some odd civ- pending civil sexual assault. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yes. I mean, the grand jury, uh, you know, failed to, what is it, indict, indict. Yeah, a second yeah, yeah. or third time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still though, he could lose every one of those civil cases. Oh yeah. That's a lot of money. That is a so, lot. Oh, it's going to be out the door. 
that's so many, he should have other lawyers try and just fold it into a class action. Yeah. So he can, instead of individually paying out millions at a time, just do one lump sum. They can divvy it up amongst themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Just ridiculous. I have no idea. Yeah. Crazy stuff. I wonder where Baker's going to go, where he's going to end up. Um, Somebody will take him. I mean, Atlanta went with Mariota over him. That's an interesting decision. And Matt's gone over to the Colts, so fascinating stuff. But with uh basketball, man, real quick, uh, I want to ask you about the Celtics now with Williams out. Um, If this guy takes them – this coach takes them to the finals. Is he a better NBA coach than Brad Stevens? Well, that's a lot of ifs in that statement. Okay. And you don't have to give Brad credit for developing those, that team and the culture and everything and getting to this point and then mm-hmm. wisely taking a step back and handing it off. Yeah. Um, you know, they were consistently a good team in his tenure. Mm-hmm. Yes, now, they, they always, yes. yeah, they always had the expectations of you guys should be in the Eastern finals. Yeah. After they did it against, you know, in Tatum's rookie year mm-hmm. and they never matched that high water mark could be this year, but yeah, time Lord being out for 46 weeks. It looks like he'll be back for the second round if everything goes really well, but without them, their defense is going to take a hit. They lose oh, a yeah. lot of their switchability and uh, you know, rim defense. Uh, before that, I mean, I figured it was going to be them in Milwaukee in the yeah. Eastern finals. Cause I'm not a buyer in Miami. Um, I think they're just going to struggle to get points in the half court offense. Oh, they're starting to fall apart a little bit now. Yeah. Right? You know, they won, they beat the Celtics last night. I watched that game. It's true. But without Richard. Yeah. Without, you know, time Lord. That affects, that affects things, man. It does. It does. And I'm not a believer in Philly. So I yeah. think it's, it's still a two, two man race. Yeah. In the East between those two and. Sadly, I don't, yeah, my Bulls aren't going to do it and the Cavs aren't going to do it. There's still the Nets out there, but the Nets can't defend anybody. (laughs) So they're really going to need to blow the doors off of offensively. Yeah. And pray to God they don't have to play Toronto at any point because Kyrie won't be able to play in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be, I don't know. It remains to be unseen. I think it's a little early to say he's a better coach, but he's already done quite a bit. I mean, this team, for the past two and a half months, yeah, is historically good. They seem to have, like, he seemed to to have figured out the the uh, Tatum Brown situation. Like, they're playing better together. Yeah, than they have and got Marcus Smart to buy in as yeah. a, just a point guard, and yep. we don't need you to do a lot of what you did in the past. Yeah. And he's bought into that. Yeah, and, and I think Time Lord getting better, only in spot minutes from Al Horford. Tice is a backup, backup. Who's a great and Derek White who might have overpaid ever so slightly, but he yeah. fits a lot of what they do, even though he hasn't shot that well for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're an interesting team and they got when they need to plug and play with other players down the depth. Uh, I like them. Yeah. yeah. I still think Milwaukee's the team to beat, especially as the rotation gets tighter in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot, they got a lot of players to rely on that can get it done. So yeah, just curious. Yeah. Just curious. Yeah. I mean, the East is, the East is going to be pretty interesting the west as well there's you know yeah i can't imagine anybody beating phoenix phoenix's head and shoulders better than everybody yeah in the entire league with that being said you know dallas wow since january is playing (laughs) ridiculous basketball memphis jaw goes down doesn't matter 
Triple J's out of the lineup, doesn't matter. They just keep winning. It's like, man, this team is really legit. Golden State's regressing though. So that's going to be curious to see how that, how bad that goes. But yeah, anyway, yeah, I mean, yeah, Dallas has been the shock for me. Clearly they made the right moves, clearing the space for Luca to own the team and then, uh, getting those complimentary players have been fantastic for him off the Wizards, uh, cause they've played well. So yeah. Yeah, they have. Incredible. Um, anyway, uh, we're here to talk about, uh, the top 10 films that break the fourth wall. Matt, what are we talking, why are we talking about this? Do you remember? It's a suggestion from Boss Hog from, uh, David Mitchell Baker, one of our patrons over patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. DMB. And he sent in uh, a whole bevy of topics, as did a ton of other people, and we liked that one. We're like, we've never done that as yeah. a show. Yeah. Um. So we're like, hey, why not? There's quite a few movies to choose from. Crosses a bunch of different genres. Sure. Should lead to, uh, you know, some interesting discussions. And, uh, you know, how did you approach what you considered for breaking mm. the fourth wall? It's a good question. It's a combo. If the movie overall was good and only had one or two moments of breaking the fourth wall, then I gave it a little more consideration. Okay. And the movies that have breaking the fourth wall in a consistent way and good, those are other ones that I put in the mix. So I had 15 when I cut down my list all the way down. 15 were um, the choices and then, of course, chopping it down to 10 for my own reasons. It's none of your goddamn business, you know. <sighs> Keep my list out of your fucking mouth, man. Keep my list name out of your mouth. <laughs> Son of a bitch. How about uh, you? How did you approach this? I saw the voiceover narration only. Mm. I shied away from. Okay, yeah, I tried not to factor in. Yeah, I want somebody point blank into the camera to break the fourth wall. Right, right. I'm I'm willing to accept if you're saying, oh, well, he's speaking directly to the audience or she is speaking directly to the audience in that moment. It's like, totally. I I, I get that. Uh, But I I don't know. I just wanted right into camera. Yeah. And then either the duration or the number of times increased it on the list. Yeah, yeah. So if they, they use it a bunch or it's a really long scene, uh, mm-hmm. then it gets higher placement uh, on my list. Yeah. Cause there's a couple movies where it's really quick and subtle. Yes. And, uh, so I was like, ah, I, I like that one, but that would be like 13 on my yeah. list or 14, yeah. but it still would make it above others that are just doing voiceover narration for me. But that's how I, I mm-hmm. went into it. Okay. Cause if you're going to break the fourth wall, it is directly like boom, right into camera to me. Right. Um, okay. All right. So once we set a topic, we go our individual ways and create personal top 10 lists. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top 10 list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. You're still debating. What do you do? No. Text? What do you do? I had to respond to, uh, uh, my mom on a oh. text. Okay. So sorry, you all are going to lose out if my mom texts <laughs> and she needs an immediate response. I could send that off. It took three seconds and we're moving forward. All right. So at uh, 10, uh, I've got Austin Powers. Oh, uh, you son of a bitch. Is that your mom? Because otherwise we've established rules. 
Ah! <laughs> uh, I should, right, I should probably Powers. keep your mom's name out of my mouth. Though. Yeah, please. <laughs> Just family in general. <laughs> please. Uh, go ahead, man. Austin Powers, great choice. Great choice. Mm. Um, he does it a couple times in the first one. Oh, yeah. But the one that sparks to mind is, uh, when they're driving through what is what's supposed to be the English countryside and they're yeah. clearly out on the California one. And he's like, it's amazing how much England looks like Southern California and it just looks straight into camera. <laughs> You're looking at me like, dude, I've seen that shot in so many movies, so many movies. And they're just out on the one right next to the water, I know, uh, tooling around in a convertible. There's that. <laughs> and there's like the, there's another one with the Basil exposition where they're yeah. describing uh, the, the, Time, uh, you know, travel and all that, like him being the thought and whatnot. And they're, they're both like, you know what? You shouldn't have to worry your head about that. And they both are like, no one should type of, and they look directly into camera. But I remember being in the theater for that SoCal in the car yeah. and being like, good for you. Might as well just point out the glaringly obvious since when does England look like this? Yeah. That's such a great moment. Yeah. It's amazing how much England looks nothing like Southern California. Just nothing. It just looks right into, boom. It's a nice sell on a joke. And <laughs> it also just like, yes, we're aware. It's fine. This is a fucking movie. Let's move on. Be like, all right. Yes. It's a, it's a comedy. We're here to enjoy ourselves. This isn't super serious. Um, so that's my number 10. Okay. What's your number nine? Uh, my number nine is another comedy. Okay. Um, surprised it made it onto my list. Okay. But, uh, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Oh. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm not the biggest fan of that movie. Go ahead. I think, I think it has moments. Okay. I think there's a lot of stuff that I'm not a big fan of. Mm -hmm. And then occasionally there's something like, that's really funny though. <laughs> and then we go through a bunch of stuff that I think is just meh. And then yeah. we get to another joke that I think is really funny. Yeah. Uh, but when Carrie Elways loses it, uh, what is it? The, the archery competition? Yeah. Yeah. He's yes. like, let me see the script. <laughs> yeah. And he takes the script and just starts going through it and then looks at camera after is like, what the fuck? I thought that was because he's Robin Hood. I'm supposed to win. <laughs> Whatever. And the idea that he, as an actor, he had certain expectations of the character. Right. And you take it on and like, oh, I'm Robin Hood. So I always win in something like this. I might lose in other aspects of, and then to lose in that, just to be so dumbfounded in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. They had other fourth wall breaking in the movie, uh, that I don't think are as good. Mm -hmm. Um, and Mel Brooks is a big fan of this. Yeah. yeah. There, you may have another of his movies on your list. I don't. <laughs> um, but he's more than happy to break the fourth wall. And I think sometimes it's for excellent comedic effect. Yeah. 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 Okay. And in that movie, that was a high water mark. Uh, there's like that. There's the Braille edition of, uh, the Playboy magazine. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. Really he's just, he's cupping <laughs> the boob that's on the, the, the embossed page. Yeah. There's a few jokes in there that I think are really good. Yeah. And then there's a lot of like, bah, you know. It's nice that Mel's making a movie, uh, but I'm not the biggest fan. What are you gonna do? You know, yeah. Yeah. You know comedy is subjective. Yeah. That's a, that's the way it works. Yeah, uh, you know, I said I'm not the biggest fan of that movie, but yeah, that moment is really funny. Is there a moment too with with um? Oh God, I forget her name. The actress is the redhead 
who was John Ritter's wife. Amy Yazbek. Yeah. Doesn't Amy Yazbek kind of look in the camera once too, if I remember correctly, but I'm not sure. So yeah, funny stuff, man. Um, all right. What's number eight? Number eight is, uh, the end of, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Hey, yeah. It's my number nine. Oh yeah. Just point oh. blank into camera talking about the movie itself. So funny. Yeah. Fuck, man. Dude, you watch that film and you're like, God damn it. When you see Val, Val Kilmer's condition now, you're just kind of heartbroken, man, when you watch that. He is still got it in that movie. Still funny, still got that vibe to him. And, you know, in that sequence with him and Robert Downey Jr., it's hilarious And at the end there. Well, and then Kilmer coming in and him doing it as well. Yeah. So getting in on it, like, what are you doing? I'm trying to wrap up this movie. He's like, what? Okay. And he cuffs his mouth and he's like, we'd like to thank this. Make sure to tip your waist staff or whatever. Yeah. To people in the, the, you know, in the middle of the country. Sorry. We said fuck so much. <laughs> and they just get in and they get out. And I, you know, it, it, it's a nice encapsulation too of the chemistry that they have within the yeah. movie. Yeah. It's, uh, you can see flashes of, of, why Downey kept getting work. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And even at his lowest, people still wanted to work with him because the yeah. guy just has a charisma. Yeah. He has a charm, an ease on screen. That's very charming. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Very and, true. You know, and helps bring it out of somebody like Kilmer who can be bristly. Yeah. And maybe yeah. Kilmer wasn't as much of a diva on set or whatnot because Downey's there to kind of help soothe them and, and ease them through all this stuff because yeah. by all accounts like working on those Avenger movies with the big ensembles he's everybody's number one go to who's my favorite guy to work with yeah. favorite person to work with yeah they do uh, say that You're right yeah it's it's always like oh man Downey and it's like he brings a nice atmosphere and mm -hmm. really keeps us all centered and it's fun and engaging and um and perhaps because he is the lead of it all yeah uh but if he can create that type of atmosphere, but to get that interplay with him and Kilmer and to get Kilmer and Kilmer might've been on his best behavior as well. Having the rep accrued the reputation yeah, yeah, of being difficult to work with. Yeah. Uh, well, it's kind of a redemptive film for both of them and Shane Black as well, who had been kind of, who had burned some bridges himself in Hollywood. So it's an interestingly unique film in that way. And yeah, I mean, even Kilmer covers up Downey Jr.'s mouth with his hand. As he's talking by the end of that thing. So, um, kind of showing you a little bit of like who is the, you know, one in control when he wants to be in control at that time, you know? So I love that. That was very funny as well. Um, all right. So that's our eight. That was my nine. So then my 10 is trading places. Okay. That was, yeah, that was one. That'd be like 12 or 13. It's for that. I mean, just cause the moment is so perfect and Eddie who rarely breaks the fourth wall. Um, that moment was just brilliant. Um, you know, cause I mean, think about it. It's 1983, I think when this film came out and you're having two white dudes have this conversation over a young black man and then having him look in the camera like these motherfuckers think I'm stupid. <laughs> you know, it's just brilliant. Yeah. You're like, oh wow. What? That's hilarious. You know, especially because we'd just seen him be a bit of a, a grifter there, uh, um, you know, pretending to be homeless, pretending to be legless. All of that. And here he is kind of being brought into this situation and they're talking down to him. And it's kind of a subversive moment in how, uh, rich white society looks on 
uh, black people sometimes and the way they feel like, oh, they're too stupid to understand this kind of thing. And they're making fun of it. That's that ridiculous idea. They're making fun of it. And I thought it was for that reason alone, I wanted to put it on my list. And also Trading Places is a fucking hilarious Eddie Murphy film that seems to get lost when people talk about Beverly Hills Cop in 48 hours. Like that is a great early Eddie movie. And it doesn't get the same amount of respect that the other two films get. And he's him and Aykroyd have great chemistry through the whole movie when they have their interactions. So, um, but that moment is just brilliant with uh, Michi and, um, yeah. Talking about pork futures. Bellamy. <laughs> pork is what they make bacon. Yeah. And he's like, and they make it out of bacon and just looks right into camera. Like, really? There's that. And there's another Mel oh. Brooks. I don't know if it's on your list. And there's like one very subtle. Yeah. Right to camera. Yeah. And I was like, God, those are, they're both excellently done. <laughs> Great comedic timing. It's just these others have more of a, I'm either speaking directly to. Oh yeah. Totally, totally, totally. That's just how I winnowed down my list. Totally, man. Yeah. I, I think I prefer trading places to 48 hours. Mm. Yeah. But certainly more of a comedy, more yeah, complete I, film, I would say too. Yeah. Quite possibly. Yeah. Um, all right. So then my number eight, since my number nine is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, is uh, Wayne's World, the other Mike Myers film. Uh, that is my number seven. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, him with the diet, the Doritos and the Pepsi. I mean, just all of it, just, you know, occasional moments into the camera and look and, oh yes, she will be mine. I will have her. All Little those things. Yellow, different for the Nuprin. <laughs> A joke that'll be utterly lost on anybody that didn't live it during yeah, that very, yeah. very short time frame in advertising in America. <laughs> uh, but yeah, talking about, you know, whoring themselves out for corporate sponsors. Yeah. So it's such a great, cause like, it, you know, that shit Ugh. still comes up. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. So we, of course, we talked about, uh, you know, we crashed or we talked yeah. about it. What on topic thunder this week? Or was that the beginning of this show? No, it was the Topic Thunder, yeah. Topic Thunder. Yeah. Uh, we briefly discussed, we don't actually get into it, but yeah. in this last week's episode, there's just a box of Popeyes sitting on the dinner table. <laughs> yeah, and you're there like, is. man, that is shameless. Shameless. It's just like, oh, you know, <laughs> it, it, of all the things, it, it, yeah. sometimes it could be very artfully done. Oh yeah, of course. And other times it's, you know, Mark Wahlberg and Transformers holding up a Bud Light. Yeah. So you can see the label perfectly as he takes his, you know, yeah. swig of it and it's a perfect refreshment after I have him kick some alien ass. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, they're just right into camera over and over again and then discussing how shameless it is, how someone would have the gall to do this. <laughs> yeah. Mike Myers does it well. It does. We would never. Yeah. And it's, I mean, everything is on the table too, on the snack table with like the Mountain Dew and, um, I think it's Little Caesars Pizza or whatever is on there. It's just hilarious. Oh no, it's Pizza Hut. That's right. It's Pizza Hut. Yeah. And then there's Reebok when Garth is head to toe and like pumps. Yeah, and he's got, right. he's got like that painter's cap type thing that Wesley Snipes wore in, uh, White Man Can't Jump. Yeah. He's got like a version of that and like this gaudy <laughs> sweatshirt. Just full Reebok attire. There's there's several in there. And Rob Lowe is just kind of the straight man in the scene <laughs> looking around. It's really good. A very young Rob Lowe. 
Yeah, it's so good. So perfect. And they're all just like, because I mean, because in a way, obviously, they're sending up independent bands who said, I would never sell out to the corporate, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they're, may, you know, they're kind of making fun of that, but then they're also showing how shameless, uh, advertisers are with movies by making sure <clears throat> their stuff is highlighted in those movies. So yeah, just great stuff. Very, very funny stuff. Um, all right. So that was my eight. That's your seven. What's your six? My number six is Deadpool. Ooh, that's a fucking punt. That's fine. Sorry. That's fine. I, I agree. I initially when I put the list together, I had it much higher and then I kind of like rejostled around because other movies just have more straight to camera or longer takes. Okay. All right. Let's see. I got to hear these other five movies that are better than Deadpool, but all right. Uh, my number six is, uh, Spaceballs. Uh, go for it. Some of the worst of well, Mel Brooks. <laughs> Sell me on this. <laughs> what? Still, Spaceballs sucks. Spaceball sucks. You're an insane person. Rick Moranis has like two really good lines and the rest of the movie is atrocious. Oh my God. You're insane. You're fucking insane. Um, anyway, really not though. I'm a really classic not. comedy, Spaceballs. A lot of people love Spaceballs, but it's a I... loose definition of the word classic. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Please continue though. Uh, I'm trying to. The sequence is here where, um, Rick Moranis is looking into the camera and I'm like, when they're doing the whole like, wait, how do you have the D, oh, the VHS of the movie? We're still working on the movie. And then they put in the VHS and look back at the camera, look back, look back at the camera. Also where, um, uh, Lord Helmet, as he's called in the film, uh, accidentally kills a cameraman off screen. Yeah. I think the VHS one is excellent. And then like the, yeah. another, the Rick Moranis smoke him if you got him. That's a great yeah, scene. Smoke him if you got him. That's smoke right. him if you got him. And then he just falls, passes out. I just think a lot of it is trash. It's just You're trash. Insane. You're insane. John Candy is so misused. Oh, Bill Pullman doesn't make what? sense in that movie. What's oh, her name from Melrose Place? Is, yeah, Daphne is, Zuniga. Yeah. Yeah. No, Joan Rivers. No. Oh. Mel Brooks's character, I don't get. What? His, yeah, there's, I think Rick Moranis and his, uh, lieutenant or lieutenant or captain or whoever that other gentleman is, the yeah. great character actor. That guy's funny as hell. I think they're awesome. Yeah. And I think all the rest of it is pretty unwatchable. You're crazy. Yogurt. That's the name of, uh, Mel Brooks's character, Yogurt. Funny idea. I feel your Schwartz is as big as mine. Lazy um, joke. Come lazy. lazy joke. Merchandising. That's a good punch. That was funny. That was funny. Drewish. She doesn't look Drewish. Come on. Cut it out. It's good jokes. They uh, never use the Afro the, in the desert. Come on. Call me in the desert. Come on. That's the, great jokes. I don't, yeah. That's prop comedy is what that is. Oh, Lord. Lord. Literal listen, prop listen comedy. The elevated comedian on the show. Uh, I'm not saying that because I, I like a good stupid Excuse joke. Fucking me. But, uh, when it's a big pick and it's like, uh, Kobe in the desert. Uh, look at this. Okay. All right. I'm not a fucking child. First of all, that's not that is the vibe of that joke. <laughs> look, he said Kobe. <laughs> There's a big go. You fucking get it? You get it? <laughs> okay. The stunt doubles? That's a good joke. Oh, the stunt doubles was funny as shit. It's a solid joke. You got the stunt doubles, you idiots. And the we've been uh, jammed? It's not bad. Uh, you, you've it's named about bad. ten funny jokes so I've far. I've named in the five. Movie. 
I think maybe you need to go back and revisit Not, it. Oh, trust me. I've watched Spaceballs. I owned a copy at one point because I thought <laughs> I liked it. And then I watched it and I was like, no, I do not like this movie. <laughs> I think Rick Moranis is fantastic and I would rather just follow him around and get rid of all the rest of that story. Uh, Listen, anyway. but I I know I'm I I catch flack for that opinion. That's I'm fine. sure you do from a lot of people because it's a comedy classic. Right, once again, classic is such a strong word here. <laughs> Yet legitimate. Um. All right, let's move on. Do are we up to your six or where are we at right now? Oh, uh, that was your six, wasn't it? Spaceballs. Right. Oh yeah. So then we got to take a break here. Yes, don't we, Matt? Yeah, we we'll take a quick months. break and uh, hear this word from our sponsor. We'll be right back to do our top fives. All right, there we are. Mm-hmm. There's our break coming in at okay. number five for me. I've got The Wolf of Wall Street. Ooh, good choice. That is my five as well, my man. Wait, do we skip one of mine? I don't know. It's your list. Do you not have them? We did skip one of mine. All right, what was it? Never mind. We're going to talk about it now because you would have punted. It's Wolf of Wall Street, which was number seven. So that's oh. your five. Let's do it. Sorry about that. I don't mean to be. Let's get it yeah, off. I, you went straight to your six, I guess. Yeah. Weird. I was confused, I guess. My bad. But yes, Wolf of Wall Street. Great fourth wall breaking movie. Oh, it's right to camera as he's explaining who, like, walking down the stairs and he's drinking his OJ and then he just throws it into the bush, but describing the absurdity of his world. Of I I take this to do this I take this I take some downers for the edge I do bump 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 yeah. and then there's the sequence in the office itself when everybody's going banana times oh my god that is and so good camera's just following him everybody wants a piece of him and he's just describing <laughs> the debauchery the financial debauchery that they yeah. get into on a daily basis yeah just totally um, like yeah yeah but. And so pleased with himself, too. Yeah, yeah. Such a brilliant decision. Because obviously, you know, in Goodfellas, you have Ray Liotta looking. So he took that technique a little bit and put it into this one. And I think it really works. Because he rarely does the fourth wall breaking thing, Scorsese. But it works so well here, especially with financial stuff. Because, you know, people don't always know or can't always grasp that kind of stuff. And then having him lead them down the path... It solves two problems, explaining a little bit more of what's happening here so the normal person can understand, but also making him charming so that you care about the character even more or you're invested at least in the character even more. So yeah, it's just smart move throughout uh, when he does the fourth wall breaking stuff in that movie. Yeah. And it fits the comedic tone. Yeah. Uh, really well. That you're trying to balance this drama and all the comedy that you're bringing to the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so to put him down is like the eye of the hurricane, especially when he goes to work. Yeah. And just all these people going crazy around him, getting into fist fights. Like they're talking about the, uh, all the stuff that they're going to do at the end of day party. Yeah, yeah. And all the shenanigans and whatever the case is. And it's just him reveling in this circus that he's created. Yeah. And right to camera, just full on right to camera with all the confidence in the world, whether it's misplaced or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's impressive how good an actor he is. Oh my God. Yes. I, I, and you know, 
<clears throat> the transition, like Aviator is the beginning of the transition, and he's not fully formed yet in Aviator. Like everyone was kissing his ass in Aviator, and I was like, he's not a hundred percent there yet. He's not a hundred percent there yet. And then, and then he got there. And when he got there, he's been great. Look, Don't Look Up is not one of my favorite films from last year, but he's good in it. You know, yeah, I enjoy him in it. So what his character is, yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's really good in it. And I'm due for a rewatch on Wolf of Wall Street. I, I want to, even though it's a three-hour film, it'll go fast. Yeah, it goes I by really, really quick. That film. Um, all right, so that was your five. That was my five. Okay, my five is adaptation. Uh, go for it. Yeah, love this movie. Um, the times that uh, you know Nicolas Cage's character is looking at the camera and explaining things, explaining what's happening. So fascinating when you, you just find out, you know, obviously you, you realize he's playing due to two different brothers and the stuff they go through. So to have him do all that kind of sucks me into the film even more and talking about what uh, is happening there, what he's trying to do. It makes you, again, invest in the character more, invest in what's happening. And remember, this is based on a book that a lot of people thought was not going to be adaptable. So they created this scenario of the two writers figuring out how to adapt the book. So it's very meta in that way. And then, oh, yeah. so, so it makes it easier to do the breaking of the fourth wall because now you're invested in their attempt to try to do a f- film version of the film you're actually watching already. So there's so much about that that works so well that I thought was genius. Um, and I think Spike Jones doesn't, does an excellent job, uh, breaking the fourth wall with that movie. Do you remember that movie, man? Was it your thing? Yeah. Adaptation? It's, yeah. I mean, you see flashes like that, and then leaving Las Vegas was not too long before that. Oh yeah, Vegas. And you're like, man, this guy, what what kind of run is he going to be on for the next five years? And the next mm. five years are, it's a weird hodgepodge. Yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. still putting out excellent stuff, though. You know, Pig <laughs> last year was really good. Yeah, and the new one is supposedly fantastic. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. What is it like? Three weeks out at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got my screening invite for next week and I'm like, I roll, I circled it on the calendar. I'm like, do not miss this day. Do not miss this day. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to win an Oscar or anything. I just want it to be oh. really entertaining and I think it's got a damn good shot to be oh, really yeah. entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's the best part in that and you've got a good cast around him and Meryl Streep and Chris Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. But Nick Cage is the most engaging and transfixing thing in that movie. Yeah. Even Brian Cox, who has, you know, that small role, mm-hmm. he's great as hell in that movie as well. But yeah, so good. So good. Um, and what's going on? It's, I mean, this is Spike Jones, like, you know, when he was kind of on his run here with uh, Charlie Kaufman working together. Yeah. Um, and it's just incredible. If you, you know, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember just really enjoying it, you know, and Robert McKee. Uh, and, you know, that moment when he's like, any idiot can write a voiceover narration to explain the thoughts of a character. That's what he's saying in that moment. <laughs> Breaking the fourth wall as well in that way too. So just brilliant. Um, all right. What's your four, man? Uh, my four is a movie you just alluded to, Goodfellas. Oh, okay. That's my three. All right. Oh, okay. Let's do it. Um, I think so it, it rates highly, uh, on my list because destroying the artifice of the narrative at that point. And when, you know, cause he has to leave that life behind. Yeah. And as he's telling the, the transition of him of having to become a rat 
and then he ends up a schnook just like the rest of us. I, I think that kind of honesty where he strips away. Yeah. yeah. Everything, all the fantasy that he created for himself and what this life is and everything that he wanted as a kid to be like, this is what you're left with, mm-hmm. which is none of the expectations of everything you set out to have, even though we've seen enough mob movies and know the story now. It's just like, there's only a couple ways getting out of this life. Yeah. Um, I think it's just a brilliant turn because it just pivots on a dime. And then suddenly Henry Hill is speaking directly to the audience. Yeah. And uh, I just thought it was a really smart choice by Scorsese. Well, I mean, yeah, because, you know, you subconsciously feel like he's been talking to you anyway because of the voiceover narration. Mm -hmm. So when the switch happens, it's not as jarring as it would be if there had been no voiceover from him guiding you to that moment. So just hearing him talking about everything, you know, as long as I was alive, I wanted to be a gangster. So you're you're down, right? You're in and all the different things he's talking about. And then boom, when it switches and everyone's either looking at him or going on with their day as he's talking about everything that's going on. And like you said, ends up with him talking about ketchup for spaghetti and all of that. It's just yeah. the the slow pan into him with uh, Pesci shooting the gun. It's just brilliant, man. I've been changing my mind about that movie, about that movie lately and uh, oh, recognizing that it's a classic because <laughs> it fucking is. Yeah, I just been changing my mind about that movie lately. Been in the There's movie. nothing wrong. It happens yeah, yeah. quite a bit. Wolf of Wall Street, I thought was just okay the first time I saw it. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Upon repeats, just man, I enjoy this more and more. I was uh, actually talking to Snyder the other day about yeah. Kingpin. I yeah. hated that in theater. Hated it. Yeah. And now I think it's got some really funny spots. I think there's also some shit that you could cut out. Sure, sure, sure. Like the big earn stuff at the end of the movie is brilliant. Yeah. I mean, Bill Murray just goes full bore. It's impressive. The fucking hair going yeah. everywhere. It's just genius, man. Oh, oh, all of it. Just fucking hilarious, man. He's so good in that movie. When he does the big, uh, celebration after throwing the strike and the crowd goes bananas, it's cause he actually rolled a strike in that scene. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. wow. So the crowd was like, oh, and he's like, yes. <laughs> When he does the big arm raise, the arm raise is great. Uh, oh, the landlady is great too. Creepy as fuck. It's yeah, so perfect. yeah. There's some stuff in the middle that I I think is like, okay, this is just like gross out filler. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which it's a Fairly Brothers, so yeah, it's gonna happen. She was. I mean, I, I thought Vanessa Angel was gonna have a nice little run for a while and didn't really kind of materialize. Not that I thought she was ever gonna be an A list actress. Um, she was always. You know, kind of a TV level actress, but it was, he was good in Kingpin. I thought, oh, she'll, maybe she'll do some ensemble pieces and kind of keep hanging around for a bit and occasionally pop back up. But I don't remember seeing her much after, after that. Would she do the weird science TV show? Yeah. The weird science TV show. Yeah. Which she was great as Lisa in that show. I um, enjoyed that show. Uh, never saw it. Yeah. Just know it existed. <laughs> that goes, what's his face with a, who was the fucking, I forget who it was, who was the um, brother in that show. Yeah, that show ran for four seasons, by the way. Oh, wow, late 90s. I thought it was early 2000s. Oh, fuck, I feel old. Uh, Lee oh. Turgeson, right, from um, um, Oz and The Wire and a couple other things. He played Chet. Would he play on Oz or The Wire? Uh, let me see here. He's uh, Tobias Beecher. He's uh Okay. Uh, yeah. He's the brother, right, of um, the other guy. 
Yes. His brother's a little slow, right? Is that right? Is that the term? I don't want to get it. I don't want to get it canceled. On Oz? Wasn't, wasn't that his brother who was like kind of a little slower? That's not, uh, that's Tobias not Beecher. Beecher. Oh, no. oh, okay. Beecher's the guy that takes a crap in J.K. Simmons' mouth. Oh, right. Oh, fuck. Right. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that scene. Cause, cause um, Tobias was, cause I mean, cause, uh, the JK was writing him for like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Cause he was in there because he, uh, DUI manslaughtered somebody. Yeah. He was like a lawyer or an accountant or something. And JK Simmons was like the head of the knee, the Nazis, yeah. the white supremacists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's riding them oh, and God. then eventually he hits him in the face with like a dumbbell or something in yeah. the weight room and then takes a poop right in his mouth. Oh. Yeah, that show was, that show was good. That show was good. The show was good. It's it not fizzles out. No, it fizzles out towards the end, but for like a, quite a few seasons, it is really solid. Yeah, I agree, brother. That was a see, that was a show that I thoroughly fucking enjoyed. I watched that show with my mom. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, we didn't watch all of it, but we probably watched like 10 episodes, 20 episodes together. It's a hell of a thing to share with your mother. Well, man. we watched. Respect. Uh, Star Trek Next Generation together. Oh, then, cool. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was on reruns on Fox at mm-hmm. nine o'clock at night and everybody else was already like going to bed or whatnot. And she and right. I were up watching TV. So then it eventually morphed beyond Next Generation into something else. Right. I forget Catherine Irby. Wasn't Catherine Irby in that thing as well? Wasn't she like the weird? Yeah, she was. Yeah. She was Shirley Bellinger. Right. That's right. Oh, I remember her. And then Edie Falco was in it for a little while. Edie, yeah. And then, uh, um, Rita Moreno. Yeah. Rita. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh God, who was the doctor? She was also on Dexter, I believe. And. Oh yeah. Lauren Velez. Uh, Luna Velez. Oh, it was Lauren Velez's. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Lauren Nathan. But yeah. I like cause, cause Eamon Walker was great, uh, as Kareem, the, the Muslim. He was yeah. so good. He is fantastic. Him and, Him and Adebayo. Adebisi, Adebayo. Or Adebisi, Adebayo's, uh, yeah, yeah, Adebisi. Yeah, him and Bam are really going at it during that show. Yeah. Well, I was thinking of uh, Peacemaker. She's oh, Adebayo. Right. That's right. He's Adebayo and Peacemaker, yeah. Um, but yeah, the back and forth is so fucking good with those guys and the changes in status. And he always kept he always kept bringing him back in, even though Adebisi wasn't that trustworthy. But yeah, that show is criminally under underappreciated because – it was a fucking excellent show. I think by the time like they have their seventh prison riot, it just got a little old. No, you're right. It was, it could only last for so long. Yeah. It, just, it went on too long. Yeah. You're not wrong. Overstated. It's welcome a bit for sure. Um, all right. Uh, where are we at? I forgot. That was my four and oh, your so three. My four is, yeah. My three. So my four is fight club. Okay. Go for it. Does he ever go point blank oh, into yeah. barrel? What? Yes. I was thinking like there's the voiceover narration. Oh my God. What? what I was struggling about? to think of when he looks dead into camera. I could be wrong, obviously. Yeah, when he's talking about um the stuff with uh the car crap, what he does with with his job, he's looking at the camera, and then when he realizes that okay. there's two separate people, he's looking in the camera. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. All right. I'm surprised it's not on your list, man. I just thought it was all narration as he's speaking to the audience. And I'm like, I'm not going to include that because I want point blank into camera. Yeah. 
just for me. I'm not saying the other isn't breaking the fourth wall. It is. Yeah. Even because he looks like he says something to to the camera, and Tyler even says to him, "Who are you talking to, man?" Oh yeah, okay. yeah. There's that scene there where he's like, because he's looking. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I totally just spaced. Go yeah, for it. I mean, it's Fight Club. Yeah, it's Fight Club. What more am I gonna say? It's fucking fantastic. And I like the element of them of him because it's not you know obviously he narrates some of the movie, but there. But when they look, the occasional moments it looks in the camera. It's great for the effect of it all. It makes you reconnect with the fact that this is a little more fantastical. So you don't get too knee deep in the seriousness of what is going on. You don't lose the message, but it's fun to explore it. So yeah, that's why I like that. And, 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 you know, Fight Club's a fucking great movie. Um, all right. What's your three? Uh, my three is the big short. Oh yeah. Knock yourself out. It's not my, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. I, they consistently do it. Every time they need to explain mm-hmm. a complex, you know, financial uh, uh, problem that they're yeah. going to spend the next 15 to 20 minutes breaking down why this helped was another, you know, uh, a support column that collapsed and helped led to the overall destruction of our modern financial system. Mm-hmm. And you bring in all these celebrities like Margot Robbie or Anthony Bourdain or Selena Gomez. Yeah. Whatever. They're just going point blank into go. Here's what a tranche is. Yeah. Here's, you know, here's what this means when we say these words. And instead of talking down to the audience, it's illuminating. Yeah. And it really helps you understand like Anthony Bourdain talking about here's what these report repackaged mortgages are. If I'm going to make a soup. Yeah. On Monday, I'm going to use the leftovers from the weekend of mm-hmm. things that I would otherwise have to throw out and call it something new on Monday. Yeah. So that's what we're doing <laughs> with these mortgages. It's a bunch of dog shit, yeah. but if we just shine it up a little bit, give it a new name, boom, we have a new product. Right, right. And then the Selena Gomez like talking about the how the betting on top of betting on top of betting and people taking so many side bets can help balloon what mm-hmm. was a you know, $1 million investment to a $500 billion investment type of, right. Yeah, I, I don't know the exponential growth, but it's something utterly ridiculous. Yeah. And the movie genuinely needs it. And in no way do you feel like they're condescending or talking down to you. Yeah. Yeah. Which it could easily veer into that or too educational and stuffy um, by being slightly like in Bourdain's case, a little rougher on the edges mm-hmm. or Margot Robbie talking about like, get out of here at the end of hers. Cause she's yeah. in the tub. Yeah. That's so great in the tub. Yeah. It's just like, you're lingering too long, but yeah. it brings you back into the reality of this is fun. And, uh, it's also a movie. Let's get back into why we had to deviate and explain this and right. what it means for the story for the next, you know, however long, but also that multiple people are affected by this. Like yeah, multiple people are affected by this, so it, it makes sense as well. So, and yeah, why this is a problem for all of us? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just I, it's a great device to be able to tackle such a meaty topic that he yeah. genuinely felt we need to have a discussion about this. <laughs> and he's correct. Very true. Yes. Yeah, because correct. I knew a bunch of articles on it, but I didn't know what a tranche was. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. And, and, you know, we like to fool ourselves that we, oh, we know, we can figure it out. But when you hear it explained, it can be a bit overwhelming. So it was a really smart decision by McKay to have them do that. Because mm-hmm. as I said earlier, 
People don't know that much about financial shit. That's what these institutions depend on is people being ignorant or not know the fine print of all this stuff so they can keep taking advantage of most people. That's what they depend on. So, and people have issues with money. Certainly I've had issues with money in the past. And so you look and when he's explaining it, he's, he, cause it affects, it helps the audience be even more invested in the overall message of what he's trying to say by the end of the movie. Yeah. And to get you to be more active about. Um, what these financial institute, the nefarious the tactics these financial institutions use. And so you don't get caught up in it or don't become a victim of it. So yeah, it's, it's brilliant use of the breaking the fourth wall. You're right about that, Matt. Um, All right, okay. that's my three. What All do you right. got? Uh, my three was good fellows. So what's your two? Oh, that's right. Uh, my deuce is uh JCVD. Oh, fuck. It's our shit. I thought of one other movie that was the first thing that came to mind. It's my number one, but JCVD, dude, when he goes up and point blank into camera, I don't even think that was acting. I think that was just him having, uh, like his therapist is sitting behind the camera and he's having a discussion about you're right who he is, the artifice of fame, uh, failed marriages. Yes. All of it. Yeah. Like this young kid from uh, Belgium and how he rose and now traveled the world, how he got into drugs. It's like six minutes. Dude. And you go through the pathology of There's him. No cuts. It's yeah. no cuts. And he is breaking down. It's some of, it's easily some of the best acting, if not the best acting he's ever done. It's, and it's hands down the best acting. Yeah. And it's better than 99% of other action stars. Yeah. Agreed. Seagal yeah. wouldn't do that. Fuck no. No. I don't think, I think at this point, Arnie could tap into it. Yeah, possibly. Having but I don't know if Arnie it. would be that honest. Right, exactly. Stallone, no chance. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> He's always talking about it, though. Yeah, I, I just don't think he can get to that level for me where I'm connecting. Perhaps it's because I don't know that about JCVD. Right. I think that's the element of it, that no one had ever seen him do anything like this before. Yeah. So when that scene happened, you're just like, what in the fuck? I remember I was watching the film because people had said, you got to see this. And I'm like, okay, you're a Van Damme fan. You got to see it. I'm like, okay. And I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, this is fascinating. Cause like unbearable lightness of, or unbearable weight of massive talent, the Nicholas Cage thing is playing Nicholas Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, this is playing Jean-Claude Van Damme. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. Let's see what kind of movie this is. And when the fucking thing elevates and he goes, I, the film, I just lost my mind at the genius of it. And, what a, um, just what a gutsy decision to make. Cause that could have really f- tore the film to pieces or oh, yeah. you know, fallen apart. And he, and he's so honest and real and you feel for him and you're just like, man, now I get it. Like now I get why people like working with this guy, why people, why he breaks up and gets back together with women all the time. It's just like he's got this gear that is so honest and authentic mm-hmm. that you can't help but like him. And even when he fucks up, he's got this gear that makes you like him. And so, uh, uh, yeah, dude, you're so right. Fuck that. I'm moving that into my top three, uh, top four. I'm moving Fight Club down. Oh, fuck. Because I'm so mad at myself. Before dude. this, he, he just seemed like a cocky little shit. Yeah, yeah of course. Just doing his and- thing. The, and honestly, on some level, my guess is he would agree with that. Yes. Well, certainly from the monologue, you can believe that. Yeah. Well, he's a young kid. Then suddenly he is internationally famous. He's talking about like the, 
the fakeness of Hollywood versus the realness of where he came from. Yeah. 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 And realizing that everybody wants a piece, but no one cares. Yeah. Um, but when he was young, that's all he wanted. He wanted the fame. He wanted the travel, the money, the women, the. Yeah, of course, you're young. Uh, yeah. And yeah. just all of that. And it's like five to six minutes long. Yeah. And you go on a hell of a journey. It is utterly impressive. And it just so is true. right into camera. And the parts where it's almost excruciatingly honest, he has to look away from camera because it's almost like he doesn't want to look at the eyes of another person yeah. as he says how he's feeling or discussing who he is. It's like, God, this is brutally honest. Yeah. I mean, the thing that's crazy about that scene too is like, he's never really gone back to that. Right. He always has Mm -hmm. these kind of weird interviews and, and maybe he's playing everybody for fun because he's, you know, he knows they're using him to promote their websites or their, you know, need for clicks for that day. But like he rarely has that level of honesty ever again. I mean, he starts to cry in ways that you're like, as an older man, you can watch this monologue and you're like, fuck, dude, I get this. I get this a hundred percent. And you see it in the lines on his face and the way he's framed. Mm-hmm. It just so completely works, you know? Oh my God. Just, I might watch that again after the monologue after again after we're done today. Cause I hadn't. That's good. I watched it again for this. Did you? Oh, yeah. Like I, I hadn't seen it stuff. since it's been yeah. a minute since I've watched that movie and I was like, I can easily take the time to watch that. Yeah. 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 It's like six minutes. Fuck. I'm mad at myself. I didn't think about that. That's a great one, Matt. Well, fuck dead. My, my two is Deadpool, uh, from earlier. So there you go. The punt. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my list has failed now for not having JCVD. Fuck. It's such a, I, I tell everybody to watch that movie. I don't know why I never could. I guess it's cause it's just so, it just, it's beyond the fourth wall. Like it rips you completely out of the movie and you're just like in this thing with him. So, ah, my bad. Anyway, Deadpool, we've, you know, what do you want me to say? It's a great movie. Some really good. Um, things in the camera. It absolutely revitalized. I don't care what anyone says. A lot of, a lot of the people in the Facebook group came at me for my Ryan Reynolds stuff, but this absolutely elevated Ryan Reynolds into A-list status and he's been there ever since. Um, and according to, was it Netflix or something or the streaming service? He's got the top three films in streaming right now with the Adam project, Red Notice and what? Free guy, free guy. Oh, streaming on. Yeah. On HBO Max. Yeah. So, you know, the guy's fucking fantastic. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- this was the real uh, elevation of Ryan Reynolds. The fourth wall breaking stuff he does here mm-hmm. absolutely got people into, um, into understanding Deadpool and under, and, and appreciating him and what he was trying to do with this character. And Tim Miller deserves credit too, who directed that first film. A lot of people like to think it's all Ryan. Tim Miller directed that film. He did a great job with the fourth wall breaking stuff for sure. Yeah, you'd have to – I mean, the, the fact that he was willing to keep in that opening credits, yeah. that for a moment, one, you're like, I, I already appreciate and applaud this choice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I have it lower just because it's almost at this point kind of self-fulfilling. Of course Ryan Reynolds broke the fourth wall. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like it's part of his shtick. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Whereas the others are like, ah, it's, this was a plot device or this yeah. was a very specific, my, my number one is my number one, but yeah, right, right. 
Uh, I was like, yeah, but I, you know, there's a bunch of Ryan Reynolds movies that <laughs> just flat out breaks the fourth wall for the joke. It's always, it's usually a good joke. I, yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. I think the, he's got the top three streaming movies and yet I have heard several people say, I'm kind of sick of Ryan Reynolds right now. Wow. Really? Ooh. Yeah. It just, he's in a lot of stuff and he's hey. a, it's a lot of the same from him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's got a shtick. Yeah. It's a shtick. You know, I'm not saying that. This is what I've heard of people lodging the dissent. Although I didn't watch the Adam Project. It's a good movie. I didn't okay. do a review for it, but it's good. Yeah, I heard it was good. I heard it was solid. Yeah, it's solid, solid. It's a solid yeah. family film. Absolutely. Same. So when I'm in the mood for a solid movie, I'll give it a whirl. <laughs> there you go. But it's, there's a ton of stuff coming out, and yeah. um, as we discussed before, I can't get my wife to watch a movie, but we can watch three straight hour long shows. Don't even, I can't even. Don't yes, the separation to me doesn't make sense either. Uh, so it limits the amount of time I have to watch movies just because I got other shit going on. Last night I tried to get it. Well, we haven't watched French Dispatch and I tried to get her to watch French Dispatch. She's like, I don't want to watch. I'm not, I don't want to watch a movie. Okay. Two hours of another fucking show we saw, two episodes. I mean, we just basically spent two fucking hours, which we could have spent those two hours watching this movie. It's the same amount of time. Yeah. It's a mental thing. The worst is when it's the, uh, oh, you watched that without me? <laughs> you are going to fucking watch that. You are not going to fucking watch that. Trust me, you would have hated Power of the Dog, because if either of the two of us was going to like it, it was me, and I didn't. So I sincerely doubt you would have liked it. Uh, I might have. You never know. Oh, uh, yeah, no. No best. chance. I know what, yeah, I know when she's going to like a movie versus when not. Yeah. Having seen cool. enough Oscar bait films. Yeah. It's like when she walked out of boyhood and she was like, what was the point of that? Like, well, <laughs> agree to disagree on this one. So power of the dog, I think would have been an even worse version of that. What I do with her now is we'll watch the trailer first. This is my way of trying to convince her. And mm -hmm. inevitably, if she's not interested within a minute, she's on her fucking phone playing her game. And I'm like, ah, we're not watching this one. Guess we're not watching this one together. Uh, I, oh, I sent her the full slate of. Hey, here are all the, cause, you know, are we going to do, uh, I can't remember if it was, I think it was like a summer, cause we normally do a summer, but the oh, seminars yeah. were kind of open, kind of weren't. Yeah. Weren't. And I showed her, it's like, here's a list of all the movies that I want to watch. No, it's for, uh, uh, end of this year list. And I was like, okay. we're going to have to go to the cinema. Right. To see all these. Here's all of them. And I sent like 12 and she was like, I hate to say it, but I want to see 10 of these and be like, the fuck you do. <laughs> the fuck you do. I think she's seen one. It's like, uh, I wish that were the case. It is not. <laughs> That's funny, dude. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Deadpool, uh, you know, yeah. what can you I say? think it's deserving of being top five. I just put the others in because it's, it's more jarring for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So the number is our number one. Oh, wait, what's your number two? Sorry. What's your number two? My two was JCVD. Oh, okay. So then what's our number one? Is that the same? Ferris? Yeah, Ferris. Yeah, absolutely. Ferris. It's the very first thing I thought of when yeah. we were discussing doing David's topic. And I was like, well, Ferris is the first time I ever saw that on film. I was in oh, the yeah. theater and yeah. him just, hey, go home. What are you doing still here? And I was like, this is great. I, I still remember the feeling. I loved his uh, robe as a kid. I thought that was oh, the God. coolest shit ever. The robe was great. Uh, I, don't, I, I thought this guy was going to be the coolest motherfucker forever, man. And then... You know, it's just that one movie he delivered 
such a great performance like this. He's never been this cool in anything ever again. Nope. He's been himself. Yeah. And like, wow. It's like discovering Fonzie was Henry Winkler. You're like, what? When you see Henry Winkler, you're like, this guy? That was the coolest dude on the planet for a couple of years for a lot of people. Like, it's crazy how nerdy he actually is in real life. And you're just like, wow, what a job. Yeah, to me, it's, I didn't understand why people thought the character was that cool. Mm, Oh, Fonzie? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you had to be there in the 1970s. Yeah, it's, that happens all the time. I don't know, you had to, you had to be there. It's a, it's a a specific moment in time. Oh, I remember buying a Fonzie t-shirt as a kid. I was so excited that a Fonzie t-shirt, my favorite t-shirt. I'm sure. He was huge. He was massive, dude. Massive. Yeah, I remember that. And then you're like, oh, this guy's going to be in action movies. And I, I would watch his movies and I'm like, man, this is, this is what is going on here. <laughs> he was like, oh, fuck. He's just an actor. It's just a role. Um, but yeah, with Ferris, I mean, there's so many, so many great, you know, him talking to us about the car. Uh, you know, if anyone's going to get caught, if I'm going to get caught, it's not going to be by a rat like him, you know, those kinds of things with the sausage king. And then of course, sending people home, but numerous spots throughout the movie when he's looking into the camera talking, yeah. he's playing the clarinet. He's like, not one lesson. Yeah. Not one lesson. Great joke. <laughs> Great joke. I know. It's amazing. You watch that and you're like, where's this guy? Yeah. Right. Where is this fucking guy? They tried to bring him back for that commercial. And I was like, no, no, it's, it's AIDS too far removed. Yeah. Right. So in no way do I view him as that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and B, that time in between, even with the, the passage of time, it still could be believable, but everything in between has been nothing like that. Yeah, not even close. Yeah, so that's the anomaly. Uh, you in election to me is oh, you. Yeah. Great in election. Oh, uh, he's great in election. But he's but, not. He's, yeah. But then after that, it's like, what, Inspector Gadget? Like, what's the next Matthew Broderick? Godzilla? Ferris Bueller would have chewed up Tracy Flick, is that her name? And spat her out. Ferris Bueller would have absolutely messed up Tracy Flick step by step. It's just so strange. That Matthew Broderick. And the, the casting's perfect. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. That's the, uh, the anomalous thing of it all is I can't imagine anybody else in that role. Oh, yeah. That's why the TV show didn't work. Nobody could, um, imagine Charlie Schlatter in that role. It was ridiculous. Even cast Jennifer Aniston in the movie, it didn't, or in the show, it didn't help. It was ridiculous. So yeah, there never was a sequel too, which is really surprising. I, I, I wonder if a movie that big, but I think, yeah, I think it would have killed the mystique of the first one if there was a sequel. Yeah. That's true. It's kind of a standalone. Yeah. Do you believe this kid? I, I, then it turns into Parker Lewis can't lose. Oh, right. Which is essentially what that was. That's yes. Just, yeah. Yeah. Good point. But you don't take it seriously because it's no, just no. nobody, no kid is this cool at all times. <laughs> so just true. not. So true. So I believe at once. Yeah. You know, right. beyond that, maybe, maybe, but I sincerely doubt it. Well, it's a singular film, isn't it? Cause it says day off. So it's only one day in this. Yeah. It's a life. single day. Yeah. And that's what keeps it. And that's probably, you're right. You're right, Matt. That's what keeps the film still a nostalgic joy for so many people because it is a one-off. It is no, there's no sequel. There's no one that ruined it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like weekend of Bernie's two does. It's just its own thing. I kind of like weekend of Bernie's two. Oh Lord. Oh my God. Can't defend space balls, but he's got love for weekend of Bernie's two. And that's well, what we're with here. 
yeah, because people don't hold Weekend at Bernie's two up as this paragon of of comedic royalty, whereas Spaceballs, because it's got Mel Brooks attached, it's on the Mount Rushmore of comedic movies. Be like, it's fucking not even close. Not on the Mount Rushmore. Not even close. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well. There's our uh, separate lists for the top 10 movies that break the fourth wall. We're going to put this thing together, count them down, and get on out of here. So thank you all so much for listening to the show this far. I'm going to grab the bongos, Matt. We'll do that, and then we got uh, David Mitchell Baker's list oh, as well. Me. Right, yes, yes. Sorry about that. Forgot about it. So we will do that. BMP. All right, so Ferris at number one. Where did yep. you put JCVD? Four. All right, so two four versus two six. Goodfellas. All right, so I would say two four. Okay. And then we can do Deadpool. Yeah. And then Goodfellas. Goodfellas at three. Yeah. Got that at four. Okay. Goodfellas. Mm -hmm. Wolf of Wall Street. Sorry about that. Yep, yep, yep. That's five seven. Okay. We both have what? Wayne's World and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, mine are down at the bottom there. Trading me too. That's now off the list. So. Uh, seven and eight for me on Wayne's World and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Would okay. you have those? I have Wayne's World at nine and ten. Wayne's World and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang at nine and ten. Okay. All right. Well, um, do you want to pepper in? Right That's one through five finished. Okay. So I have my number three. My number. Do we have Ferris Bueller? We have Deadpool. Do we have Goodfellas on there? JCVD, my yep. fight club is my number five, which I don't think you have. So okay, your so three board. goes next, right? Yeah. What's your three? Uh, it was the big short. Oh, that's right. The big short. All right. So then fight club would make it there. So we have three spots left. Why don't we just go ahead and do Wayne's world yeah, yeah. and then kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Sounds good to me. And then what's your highest? Uh, I think six now adaptation. All right. Adaptation it is. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's do it. The top 10 movies that break the fourth wall. Yeah. At number 10. Adaptation. At number nine. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. At number eight. Wayne's World. At number seven. Fight Club. At number six. The Big Short. At number five. The Wolf of Wall Street. At number four. Goodfellas. At number three. Deadpool. At number two, JCVD. And our number one movie that breaks the fourth wall is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. There you go. Not one lesson. Nice stuff. And All right. Uh, there you go, Matt. What's DMB's list? David Mitchell Baker's list is this. Thanks, guys, as always, for choosing my topic. Hope you enjoyed discussing it. Dude, Here yes. is my list. At 10, he's got Jay and Silent, Bob Strike Back. Wow. Okay, people like that movie, I know. Uh, nine is High Fidelity. Okay. it's a good choice. Eight is Wayne's World. Okay. Seven is The Big Short. Okay. Six is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Hmm. Uh, five is Goodfellas. Okay. Four is Psycho. Wow, the ending of Psycho. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay. Good choice. Three is Memories of Murder. Oh, Don't that's the, the Bong Joon-ho film, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, two is adaptation. Yeah. And number one is Blazing Saddles. Ooh, people do love the Blazing Saddles. 
Blazing Saddles. I'm not going to say no, but people do love the Blazing Saddles. I'm more Saddles. of a Young Frankenstein man. There's a good ah. uh, fourth wall in Young Frankenstein. That's true. You get no complaints from me on that one. That's such a great film. Um, all right. Well, thanks, David Mitchell Baker, for being a uh, Boss Hog patron. You know, the Boss Hog patrons are $50 and above. They get to suggest a topic, and we uh, do one a month, uh, which is great. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and, you know, sometimes two. Sometimes two, depending on the situation for sure. We'd love to interact with you all at the $50 and above level and, uh, you know, get you to choose a topic so we can have some fun discussing it. We read our, as you saw, we read our, your, our list and we read your list and have some fun with it. So, uh, there you go. So if you haven't joined at the $50 level, what are you doing? Go join at the $50 level for God's sakes on the Patreon, patreon.com slash the top 10. Have more, um, of a say in the direction of, uh, the show in terms of the topics that you want us to discuss. For God's sakes. And we're always looking to, for new topics and interesting topics to expand the scope of the show. Um, yeah. all right. Anything more to say, Matt? Um, you can follow the show on Twitter at top 10 show, all spelled out. And on Instagram and YouTube, it is forward slash the top 10 podcast with the number 10. Um, we'd love to have you. So please hit us up. Let us know what you think. What movies make your fourth wall breaking the fourth wall? Uh, we'd love to hear it. So please hit us up and you can follow me at Matt Nost. Uh, if you want some more uh, movie content from me, uh, check out Settle the Score. Or if you want some NBA action, uh, dropping dimes, and you can get either anywhere you get uh, podcasts. So please, love to have you come join. There you go. As for me, you can follow me at the Rogue Says on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, the Outlaw Nation on Twitch, um, and uh, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roca Says for all the stuff I got going on there in the world of entertainment and my other uh, two podcasts here, the, the, uh, the Cinephiles and the Geek Buddies. All right, we're out of here. Y'all take care of yourselves. Be well. Uh, have a great rest of the week, and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the Top Ten. Peace. Ooh.